Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hi, Genre Junkies, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. And guess what we have for you today? Science fiction! Pew, 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 pew! Um, Sounds of laser beams. Speculative fiction, um, uh, thriller. I all the you know it's it's Blake Crouch. It's, it's upgrade Blake from Blake Crouch. Crouch. Oh, Hi. I'm so excited! How are you doing today, Blake Crouch? Um, sadly couldn't be here, but we would love it <laughs> <laughs> if he would be here. Um, yeah, one day, one day. If you know Blake Crouch, tell him to talk to the genre junkies. So we're going to be talking about Blake's newest book upgrade which is enjoying its book birthday today i believe or was it last week it was last week oh okay happy one week birthday blake yeah. crouch upgrade um just didn't quite line up with so our release close. schedule so close um i mean blake crouch probably needs no introduction for most readers who are you know kind of into this genre of things he's written some absolutely incredible books uh both of which we've discussed on his uh he's written some absolutely incredible books two of which his most famous we've probably his most famous we've discussed on our show recursion and dark matter he is like the spiritual successor of michael crichton only different i think he's the reincarnation of michael crichton (laughs) i don't think he's that age quite lines up but yeah um before we get started talking about upgrade did you have anything you wanted to share um well fantasy world that was called the comic book shop? I think it was Atlantis Fantasy World, but yeah, I don't remember. Um, so we visited an awesome comic book and gaming shop in Santa Cruz recently for uh, for a little something we're doing on another one of our shows. Uh, but it's called it's called um, Atlantis Fantasy World in Santa Cruz. Yes, absolutely lovely people working there they have a really neat thing where they have uh i guess a weekly kids D game in the back precious, room precious. and it's just like everything i would have wanted as a kid uh incredible comic book uh collection there a lot of stuff around the lost boys because if you didn't know they were in the lost boys that comic book shop just very very cool yeah, we were there um, on a little vlog project for the cult show. So if you if you know, you know, and you should check that out. Lost Boys, one of my favorite horror movies, and it was really awesome to get to visit the store. I wanted to buy so many things. You can't turn you can't turn us loose <laughs> in a bookstore of any kind. It's a very bad idea. We ended up getting Basketful of Heads by Joe Hill, which we didn't own and don't have yet. So that was really exciting. Um, yeah, can't wait to read it. I'm trying to think if there was something I wanted to share. Hmm, well, I mean, we finished Stranger Things. I guess it has been since the last time yeah. since we finished Stranger Things. I loved it. I loved it. I, I've heard some interesting criticisms about the season that, you know, it's funny. I don't disagree with them, but they, but the, but they don't bother me. I uh, yeah. really enjoyed it. I was surprised by some of the things that have like bothered people because I'm like, oh, 
really like i don't know it just like it didn't like permeate to me i was just like oh i I mean i just thought the whole season was like a lot of fun and i wasn't like distracted by like thinking stuff didn't fit or was weird or unnecessary anything like that i really really enjoyed it i thought it was um I thought it was smart. I thought it was very good writing, too. Um, the other thing I wanted to share is I did watch the horrifying uh, documentary on Netflix, Keep Sweet and Obey, I believe it is called, about the FLDS and Warren Jeffs. Um, everybody knows, if you listen to the show, um, I'm into learning about cults, true crime in general, cults in real life, fictional cults. Um, I find them super fascinating. And there was stuff I learned in this docuseries about Warren Jeffs and FLDS and how it operated that I had no idea about. And um, you get to see these women uh, take his ass down. It's brilliant. It's hard to watch. What's that called? Keep sweet and obey. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what he liked to tell people. Keep sweet's a creepy term in the, I don't know, it also hardcore sounds like a Christian really nice, field. It, it also sounds like a really cool hotel name. It sounds, like a hor- it sounds like a horror novel, Keep Sweet No Bay. So, without further ado, let's talk about Upgrade by Blake Crouch. At first, Logan Ramsey isn't sure if anything's different. He just feels a little sharper. Better able to concentrate, better at multitasking, reading a bit faster, memorizing better, needing less sleep. But before long, he can't deny it. Something's happening to his brain, to his body. He's starting to see the world and those around him, even those he loves most, in whole new ways. The truth is, Logan's genome has been hacked, and there's a reason he's been targeted for this upgrade a reason that goes back decades to the darkest part of his past and a horrific family legacy worse still what's happening to him is just the first step in a much larger plan one that will inflict the same changes on humanity at large at a terrifying cost so the um the description goes on but i'm just going to stop it like right there yes. and you can read the whole description i mean obviously it's a description it doesn't give everything away about the story but i'll just i'll just stop it there because if you're like me and don't read the descriptions at all and just you know rely on somebody else to recommend something to you you don't want to be it's a privileged position that's a privileged position position. (laughs) anyway um but plate crouch for us is an auto buy author anyway he um we're both huge fans of his huge huge fans so scott what was your experience reading upgrade oh I can't give this anything less than obsession. Uh, Not only was it an incredible page turner, I just plowed through this novel. I there's a lot of themes and ideas that are in here that um, some of the best speculative science fiction, which in my opinion this is, you know, explains things that are that are real and just you know a couple of steps scientifically in the future. And just, I am now afraid of all of these technologies, all of these ideas. And I, you know, this is sticking in my head. It's what a fantastic book. Um, uh, well said, well said. I think this is an absolute obsession too. Absolute obsession. Um, one of my book of the year contenders, 100%. Um, I love all of his books and all of his books have a tendency to stick with me for a really long time. Um, but there was something about this one that I think is 
just like it really it really spoke to my core it really spoke to a lot of who i am and what i believe in and things i hold really dear um yeah very powerful brilliant book like all of his books they've there's layers and layers and layers to sift through and big ideas and um he's a smart dude but he also talks to really smart people and i think i've said it before he's um and and i've said this about andy weir too really good at explaining things so that we understand even if you don't really have a big background in this stuff Mm -hmm. he's he explains things really well and I think that's from working with just the right people and then just understanding and being like, perfect, let's put this into layman's terms so everybody can play. And, you know, it also allows it also allows him to take a few liberties again with, you know, a couple of, of, of fictional advancements in the technology. But it's all based on real science. It's all based on real things. Yeah. Something about this book more than a lot of the science fiction I've read recently and 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 more than even uh, other books by Blake Crouch that we've read this book is really terrifying this book is really scary this book is arguably horror I I really was feeling very strong horror vibes and not you know slasher horror like true existential dread body horror there is body horror there is uh, it, it's it's scary. It is really scary. So this takes place in the not too distant future, which is also really scary. Like it's just distant enough, but it's not that distant. But some of the things are things that a lot of us really see coming down the pipe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like I don't want to sp- I don't want to spoil it too much because part of it is as you're reading it you're gonna see that and you're gonna see things that you know about and things that you experience but um yeah it's this feels so real this feels so so very real um yet again a very nice likable man (laughs) main character from blake crouch um always a man always a man and i don't think that's necessarily a problem i just think it's interesting you know, I, I don't want to speak for Blake Crouch uh, as far as uh, his comfortability with writing characters. Oh, yeah, because sweet Jesus don't write yeah, but- a breastily running woman. <laughs> I, you know, I, th- this may not be true, but maybe he doesn't feel comfortable to, you know, he doesn't feel comfortable enough to write a female uh, lead character. I think he writes, I think he w- writes the women that he writes well enough. I really do. I, I do too. I like the women in this book and I usually like his female characters. It's just funny. It's just something to notice. But if what he knows, if what he feels strongest with is to write male characters, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. And like I said, it's better than, it's better than the alternative. Um, I do like this character. Our, our, our guy here, Logan Ramsey, very nice, likable guy, a guy that carries um, a lot on his shoulders and a lot on his conscience. Family man, as they usually are in Blake's books as well. Um, yeah, he was very compassionate and interesting and driven and likable. And uh, I, I related to his character um, probably a little bit more than I have to some of his other main characters. And I've always liked his main characters, but I liked him. And, um, and it's so funny because like this character is like really smart, but he's not a genius. And it's like something that 
it's like a shame he's had to live with. And it's still so funny because it's like, dude, you are way smarter than most people. Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, you know, it takes a really uh, depth. It really it takes a really strong artist and a strong writer to be able to write a main character as relatable as this because, you know, this has certain vibes of a main character of the fly. You know, whereas yes. there's a metamorphosis happening. Uh and it's someone who is intelligent and is someone who is who is um I mean someone who is a good and intelligent person but is 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 going through a metamorphosis both physically and mentally mm-hmm. and there's kind of there's there's it's really strongly done in this where you you really kind of experience that that growth and that change with the main character yeah, you're definitely with him through the whole thing. And he's really good about sharing. This is where I'm at right now. And this is how I'm feeling. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. It's a very good voice. It's a strong, um, strong voice, easy to become attached to. Uh, one thing I wanted to share, like on a total book nerd level, is near the very beginning of the book, there is... Um, we're introduced to the concept of books as weapons. And I <laughs> loved that as a book nerd. I was like, look at those dangerous little books with their poison pages. I love it when authors re- write about readers because all authors are readers, but there's 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 a, almost like a certain like little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, love letter to the people reading the book in there. There's a few good fake outs in this book too, where I thought things or certain characters were going to play a bigger role than they they did and mm. vice versa and things like that that's like oh nice you know you don't see certain kind of little twists and bends in the story coming yeah it's it's not you know completely obscured but the the plot and the direction of this book is not obvious it takes a few sharp turns yeah which is very very interesting um brave bold choices and you know sometimes readers get mad about that stuff <laughs> and i think i can i think i know some of the complaints people might have about about this book that i don't agree with but like i could kind of see where people would pick apart yeah this is one of those books that i am very excited about the spoiler section for because one i actually have personal complaints with it again not not even critiques just personal complaints i also want to talk about some things that i think some people are going to be very up in arms about that i thought was really cool and very smart oh well that's fun we'll talk about that i i'm I'm very excited to talk to you about it and i'm very excited to talk to all of our listeners about it too i this is a discussion i think this book this book is going to create a lot of it um I also want to say that I love talking about uh, DNA <laughs> and genetics in general. That's always been a part of science that I really, really love. And I know some of this stuff is speculative and all that, but there was plenty of things that I learned that I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I just, I love just thinking about DNA and the concept of it and the the building blocks of what makes up this and that. And it's so, it's so insane when you think about it. It's so insane. And we've done that. We've split the atom. We learned these things, you know? Genetics are awesome. They really are, but they're also terrifying. And so I I will say, if you have read Jurassic Park and you like the themes 
of Jurassic Park. Except for there are no dinosaurs. There are no dinosaurs. <laughs> well, there might be there might be dinosaurs. There might be dinosaurs. I don't I don't want to tell you that there's no dinosaurs. Don't let people think there's gonna be a Velociraptor best friend in this book, because there's not a Velociraptor best friend. Um I also really want to share well, we always share them, but so important the audience here the audience people this is a mass book this is 100% mass appeal i don't know about the audiobook but if you don't want to read it get the audiobook get the ebook buy the book i don't care how you get this book but you must you simply must um this will be one of those books that i cannot recommend enough to people and that always happens with his work with us but this one is like seriously this needs to be required reading this needs to be like in in everybody's hands I think that this is, I, I agree that this is 100% a mass appeal book. And this, I, I think all of his books that we've read so far, I think we've classified as mass, the both of us. But this one more than anything else is relevant, important. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think that this holds even more of a, of, a, of a cultural, deeper significance above just uh awesome science fiction goodness and fascination yes oh this wonder this one's real yeah no you got to got to get with it and before we jump to the spoiler section we did forget a little piece to share we did we did james webb the james webb images the first images are here gorgeous i think we've talked about our love of james webb on the show before if we haven't hi we're the genre junkies and we love the James Webb Telescope. <laughs> um, absolutely obsessed. Many tears, many tears shed by me over James Webb. And um, mm, mm. I mean, unless you're living under a particularly heavier, dense rock, you've seen the images by this point. <sighs> just think about how. Just think about how this is so timely. Tying all of this into s- this book into science and to how insignificant yet significant we all are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are your those are your big thoughts for the day. Shall we head to the spoiler section? I can't wait. Hey, bookworm buddy! Don't forget subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. Welcome back. Welcome to the spoilers section. Okay, okay, okay. Scott. Sandra. What do you think people are going to be up in arms about? I'm dying to know after you said that. Okay, up in arms might be a little bit hyperbolic. Okay. Um, let me start with um, let me start with what I thought was really cool but was very untraditional. Okay. Uh the the fact that that his main rival through the book, his main antagonist is his own sister mm-hmm. who he loves and, you know, wasn't necessarily, you know, they weren't the closest in the world, but yeah. they had a loving, caring relationship and she's his big sister, but she's the main antagonist. And the fact that he does end up killing her yeah, is, it's a bold choice. Right. You would you would normally expect a book like this to have a either a compromise or you know a a light side turn mm-hmm. if you will and this doesn't no and that's I mean she did in her 
own way because as you get that last progressive upgrade, you start to like kind of feel love again. But at the same time, she was resolute on her mission. Yeah, she, the, the love was still there. The love was always there, and that yeah. was kind of what was so hard and powerful about the whole thing. But she also logically understood that well, one of us is going to win. She really thought it was going to be her, but the but the fact is is that she lost. She's she logically knows there's no there's you know she has no more control over the situation. They are um, a wonderful you know, um, pairing to go down in history, Batman, the Joker, Mm. Holmes, and Moriarty. Like, you know, just this worthy adversary, this totally worthy adversary um, where they understand each other and they're the only people in the world that like understand Mm -hmm. what is going on and what is going on with each other. Um, So like some of those, you know, kind of fake outs, I thought Soren was going to be a bigger character. I thought the twin that died, Max was going to be a bigger character. I thought that their mother was going to have a scene in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's still alive. She never died. She faked her death. Bitch dead. But then she actually is dead now. That was very surprising. That was shocking. Um, You know, I loved Logan so much. And I... (sighs) And it's hard because when you love a character that much, you want them to have their perfect happy ending, mm-hmm. like where he gets back with his family and he doesn't. And that was um, really emotional. It was like swallowing like a, in the words of Alanis Morissette, a jagged little pill. <laughs> it had to be done and it was the right ending, but it still was like, God damn, it just like shredded my heart. There's There's a sort of martyrdom to Logan that is... A tough pill to swallow because you've you've followed him this whole time, right. um, which which actually leads me to my one disagreement with Logan as the character. Mm-hmm. Again, this isn't a complaint. I understand it and I I get it. But right. you know, Logan has made the decision that. Um, he, well, first of all, I'll say I, I want to come back to this in a moment. Yeah. I think Logan came to a different conclusion than I, as the reader, came to. Okay. But, you know, Logan comes to the conclusion that uh, humans need to be humans, you know, and, you know, changing the human race into this, this you know, super intelligent being while killing off 13% of the population is not the answer. Yeah. But he still force upgrades himself when he realizes his sister has done it. So he perpetuates the Mm -hmm. upgrades and he recognizes it himself in his last letter when he talks about, you know, you may think that I ended up doing the same thing that my mother was doing. And maybe I did the fact that he did end up upgrading the human race. Right. That, that is a controversial choice. And he acknowledges it. Yes, he does. Yeah. And it's, cl- I mean, I really like that intellectually. Yes. That that is the direction that this book went, which is why I'm saying it's not a complaint. Yeah. It's not a critique. Um, But he comes to a different conclusion than I felt like the book was going to and a different conclusion than what I came to. Yeah. And you talked about it before the spoiler section when we were talking about James Webb. Mm. That's kind of where I come from. The universe is enormous. We are, in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. nothing. Right. Also, at the end of the day, we are not going to destroy the planet. We're going to destroy ourselves. The planet <laughs> will keep on spinning. Life will still continue. Mm-hmm. 
it will certainly look different and there will certainly be tragedies because of what we're what we are doing to the planet but life will continue just without us and do are we are we so special that we should fight so hard to save ourselves when we can't save ourselves so here's the thing i see your point and um I mean, that's kind of the great part about being a person is you can see multiple points and they make sense to Mm -hmm. you, right? So that makes sense to me. Now, in his final letter to his wife and his daughter, Eva, he tells her, you inherited this from people who, and this wasn't your choice. That's why it matters. That's why it matters is because it's unfair that the next generation doesn't get a shot because of the sins of their fathers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, there's a part of me, I mean, I, and also that kind of goes for other species and things that'll die off on our planet too as it changes. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I'm just, I'm just using this example. It's not fair that like all the elephants have to go because of stupid shit humans did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like it's giving all living things a better shot a better yeah. shot um i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of our planet i know you are too it's my favorite planet it's my favorite too best in the universe best in the universe um i have marked a few sections of the book i would like to share mm. there is a through point in the novel about humans being storytellers and i find that that's going to speak to so many hearts um you know because we're all readers reading this book right um Never before had I seen Homo sapiens so clearly, a species at its most fundamental level of storytellers, creatures who overlay story on everything, but especially their own lives, and in so doing can imbue a cold, random, sometimes brutal existence with fabricated meaning. Um, I found that so beautiful because as of right now, we are... (laughs) Like, that's something really special about our species, is that we do that. Yeah. That's really special. That we are human, and we have... And we tell stories, yeah. and we lay meaning on things. Um, so this is a point where... I think this is mom talking to the camera. Yes. Um, and which is, I mean, really, that whole point is just a brilliant monologue she gives to the camera. Um The genes that steered us towards sentiment and its downstream belief patterns are still present in our genome. They were advantageous at the dawn of humankind when we had no understanding of the universe. They led us to invent myth and religion and tradition. And these systems unquestionably put us on the path to stability and cooperation. But now they're letting us ignore the facts all around us. Poverty, disease, starvation, and all the hatred those hardships breed, growing worse every decade as we squeeze the last drop from our planet's resources we can't keep living in denial about what's happening or hoping that it's someone else's problem to solve so this is like the whole crux of the book Mm. this is you know the whole argument is is it good or bad that we're sentimental storyteller you know the squishy parts and logan's logan's decision is that it is that that is what makes us human that that's what's important um i happen to agree with him I think that is what makes us special. Yeah. There's, um, I don't think I marked it, but there's a part in the book too where he talks about like the the capacity people have to do incredible things, but also incredibly horrible and destructive things. That's something I think about a lot because, you know, everybody loves to, 
kind of say the the phrase i hate people man i hate people man everybody always says that and it's like you know what though you know what the fucking annoying part is i don't hate people i don't hate humanity i think we are incredibly flawed in many ways but we have the capacity and we often have done such great and incredible things and are unique and interesting and so it's just kind of like it's it's kind of like doing that it's almost like this apathy you know is kind of like addressed in the book of like oh well it's not my problem oh but you know whatever and it's like so just being like oh i hate people it's like that's not helping anything and that's like not acknowledging all the great things that humanity have done and maybe just maybe we are worth saving. <laughs> I hope that we're worth saving. I, you know, I have very, very, uh, I have very deep thoughts about us as humans. Yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, this book is about who is right and who's, who's, you know, whose, whose view of humanity is correct. I think I would end up being, I think if I was in this book and I was upgraded, uh-huh. I would end up being the Bond villain of this. <laughs> Like, I mean, forget the DNA, forget the the DNA stuff. I can create a virus to wipe out humanity. Maybe that's what the Earth really needs. It's just by humans. And I, I totally understand that point of view. It's the it's the not because I hate humans. No, it's just like in the movie Cabin in the Woods. I love that movie. Spoiler alert! You know, at the end, they're like, "Well, maybe humans have had their shot." And there's a part of me that does feel that way. But again, I go back to like Logan's point of. Is that fair for humans and other living things that didn't get a say in this to have to inherit this mess? Yeah. And, you know, because at the same time, I, you know, and this is a very important theme and this is a very important point that he comes to in the book and uses. Um, I, I say that and I say, oh, you know, I would consider just wiping out humanity, but I wouldn't want to wipe out you. Sure. I wouldn't nice wi- want to wipe out our, our close family and friends. Uh, but. It, maybe that is the problem. Maybe he's right. And certainly this is Blake Crouch's opinion. Maybe the problem is, is that we just don't have the capacity for empathy right. for larger than a certain size group of people. people. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I, I, re- I remember that study. It's been a long time yeah. since I thought about that. Um, but I do remember when that study came out, I found that to be very interesting. I think, yeah, I think it's a very, very interesting study in theory. Um, but, you know, the, the choice is evolve. The choice is evolve or die. If we're going with that, it's evolve or die. And so let's just assume it's true and um, evolve ourselves. So one of the parts of the book that made me cry, well, it made me Sandra cry, the patented Sandra cry, where the eyes well, but no tear shall follow, um, is when he's at the dude's lab, Feld's lab, and he's going to like, you know, <laughs> he hijacks his lab. Uh, fun character, that. But anyway, um, and he's made creatures, and we spend the most time with this dragon, a dragon, also kind of like a dinosaur. Yes. Which is why I said I it does have dinosaurs. We call him Smog. It didn't look like the mighty mythical dragon. It looked, well, kind of pitiful. So it's basically cobbled together from 
crocodile and Komodo dragons. Um, it's gazing at them through the the glass. It's having trouble as it grew. Its mass increased a bit faster than its bone cross sections could handle. We just finished somatically editing the bones to increase their size and density. Should know if we were successful in the next few weeks. The dragon moved out from under the palm fronds, dipped its angular head to a small pool of water, and began to drink. I can't handle. I can't handle that. I cannot handle that. This thing, this living thing, this sentient living feeling thing that, you know. It never asked to be created. It didn't ask to be created. It doesn't have a parent. It doesn't have a family. It doesn't have Friends. an instinct that belongs to itself. Yeah. It's, it just makes me think of, the again, the innocence of things that didn't ask for the problems that they're given. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely adore his letter at the end. That also made me super emotional. It made me emotional when he basically is like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be a part of the family. I can't. Um, he can't. He'd be putting them in way too much danger. Well, and he, he'd be putting them in too much danger. And there was something about the way that he described the old Logan yeah. being dead basically, you know, was still a part of him and he could kind of still talk to him almost. But, you know, he wasn't him. He wasn't the same person anymore. But I I feel that they kind of merged a little in the end because, as he said, he could not shut off his humanity or he wouldn't have been able to do this project. Right. Um, So I feel like, you know, for that big chunk of the book, He's kind of at war with this idea of he's kind of losing himself. And then it kind of comes full circle and they kind of, the two selves meet back up again. So the two selves meeting is making like a new person. Right. But um, but it's nice that he's still in there. Because obviously, because again, he would not have been able to do something. And just like Kara said, you can't do nothing. I mean, I... <sighs> His something was not what I was expecting. <laughs> I love his something. I I love the idea that we need to become more compassionate. Compassion is my favorite word, one of my favorite words in the entire English language. Um, I love it. One of my favorite things about myself is that I'm compassionate and that I'm continuously trying to grow my compassion like a muscle. I like work it out like a muscle. <laughs> and... um. For all living things and for our planet and for other planets and for ever- everything. And we just, we can be so compassionate and then we can also be so just sticking our heads in the sand. Oh, it's, it's infuriating. Um, I have a lot of anxiety about the climate. It's actually called climate anxiety. Like it's a big thing I personally grapple with in my life. I struggle with you know, injustice and living things, humans and non-humans. And, you know, if they're getting the justice and what they deserve, uh, it's so much. So there's so many ways that this book just really felt like, like, you know, just like you just feel hurt. You just feel seen. You just feel like, you know, Blake and other people, their hearts like this too. They feel like this too of like, you know, can we just, we can be so good, so can we just be better? Can we save this planet that we are lucky enough to call home? Because so many, so many of us can see it. And even I feel 
the people who are fighting against it, a lot of them see it too. Oh, yes. There's just nothing happening. There's been no real progress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some great blurbs on the back of the book too, including Andy Weir. What's up, Andy? Andy. Love you. I like this one from David Kep. Blake Crouch has a mind like Crichton and a heart like King. Upgrade is riveting, tense, scrumptiously researched, and deeply heartfelt. You know, oh, I like that. I really like that because at the very beginning of this episode, I said that he is the reincarnation of Crichton. <laughs> and, you know, Crichton, I think, would have ended this book in more of a F-humanity sort of way. Well, maybe so. I think Crichton, you know, a lot of his books look at the folly of man more, whereas this approaches the same the same things, but at its heart is exploring the heart of human nature. And I think that that is something that makes Blake Crouch very unique from you know, the unfortunate, obvious comparison to Crichton. Um, interesting thinking on this book and then also thinking on our last episode, Hyde. Um, the similarities between vastly different executions mm-hmm. and different in a lot of ways. But they both are focused on this theme of let's acknowledge we're sorry, let's fix it. In so culturally... <laughs> In our, you know, in the way we treat the planet and the way we're leaving the planet, um, so so many different ways, and it actually gives me a lot of hope that we've now read two books, just like back to back, where the author's like, we can do this. Fiction can inform fact. Um, there, there, there's so many. Um, there's, you know, there's so many. Uh, up uprisings if you will and i don't mean that in like a militaristic fashion but there's so many cultural revolutions that occur from the ground level from authors writing books about it Mm -hmm. uh bringing it making it real in the minds of people expanding that 150 person that that that, that 150 character twitter limit (laughs) you know what i mean making it making it real on a personal level instead of an abstract person on the other end of the world uh so you're right this does this does provide hope well since we found a twist of hope can I also say that in my mind canon to make the upgrade happen, he had to go back to Feld's lab and I think he's befriended the creatures and the dragon. And I want to say at the end of the book, they're, they're together <laughs> and he's going to take care of the dragon. He's, he is now the, the zookeeper. of the Yeah. And he's like, let's not, let's not because even when Feld gets the upgrade, I bet he'll be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Maybe this isn't, maybe this is a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. Simply put, for me, this book is a 10 out of 10. An absolute um, masterpiece. (laughs) I 
I, I feel so bold as to say, in my humble opinion, uh, beautiful, important, thrilling, exciting, scary, um, optimistic, compassionate book. I have to go with ten out of ten as well. I we don't we don't give higher than scores of ten, but this book does everything I would have wanted it to, and does things and does things in ways that I wouldn't have wanted it to, but make it even better because it did. So do with that as you will. Even though I won't go above ten out of ten, this book is this book is outstanding and just a work of art. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Say goodnight, Scott. Goodnight, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Please keep reading past your bedtime. 